This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast, a weekly podcast for educators who don't have time to listen to a podcast, kind of like us. Each week we'll cover a different topic in education in just about five to ten minutes. Our goal is to share bite-sized chunks of professional development so you can join us, whether you're driving your kids around, preparing dinner, making copies during prep, or really doing just about anything. This is PD for real teachers who are real tired, coming to you from Nevada, Colorado, and Florida. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast. We hope that you all enjoyed a nice long weekend and that it was a refreshing a little mini break after what seemed like a never-ending January. Ladies, did you guys feel the same about January? Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and really that first week of February, man, that was a really long week. You know, it was really funny because, you know, coming in, I felt like of all years that I've taught, I felt like this year from like August till like mid-November, end of November, I just felt like it was beginning of the year. Like, you know, those first couple of weeks, maybe that first month where it's always like super, super busy. I That yeah. for me lasted all the way through, I would say probably through November. And then I started to feel good in December. And then... <laughs> January was decent, and then it was like the end of January, and I just couldn't figure out what happened, but January would not end, and (laughs) I started to feel like beginning of the year again. You know, though, I feel sorry, not, I mean, I feel bad, not sorry, I feel bad. There are some teachers who don't have today off. Really? Yeah, it's just like, it's, it's either not built into their calendar or like they have like a different day. There are some teachers that I'm friends with where today is sort of a makeup day for like snow days or hurricane oh. days or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I needed today. Oh, yeah. Well, today's like our last day before the big stretch for spring break, right? It depends on when your spring break is. My, my spring break is next month. Oh, it's in well, March. It's in March. Mine is in March too, Erin. I think mine is the week after yours or before or something. Okay. Mine starts March 14th. Okay. I think mine might be the, the week after. Wow. That. Now, how do they handle Easter from a standpoint? Like, do you just have a long weekend? Because typically schools will have Good Friday off. I don't know. I didn't I think look that far ahead. We don't. No, we don't have a day off. It's, you have Saturday, Sunday, and then you go back to school on Monday, I think is how we, wow. Yeah. So it's very interesting because looking at, um, so there are, I have three siblings, right? I am much older than the rest of them, uh, for our undercaffeinated, uh, group that, that is listening. (laughs) Um, and so the, the next two after me are both in college, and then the youngest one is in eighth grade right now. And all four of us, teacher, two in college, one in eighth grade, 
all four of us have different breaks. Fine. Oh, wow. Fine. Yeah. So that's going to look real interesting when everybody's popping in and coming home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I want to say like not every district um, honors is not the right word. It seems a little more formal, but not every district has anything um, extra for Easter. I remember some of the districts in Ohio did and some didn't um, because not all of the districts, I mean, neighboring districts didn't have spring break at the same time. Um, Ours in Vegas always is always right around Easter, but you know, religiously, culturally Easter isn't a thing for everybody. So I wonder how much of that, like your demographic, I wonder how much of that plays into what your district does. I think it has a lot to do with demographics, though, because um, growing up, like we had all of the Jewish holidays off. Um, you know, we didn't go to school for Rosh Hashanah. We didn't go to school for Yom Kippur. And I remember when I moved out west, you know, my mom for years would call me on Rosh Hashanah thinking, I had off and I was home and I was at work, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And well, this isn't our episode, by the way. No, like, it's not, just good but conversation. It, but, it's, but it does, it, it is very fitting because we are all heading into spring testing, no matter when our spring break is or what dates we have off. We are all heading into spring testing. And that's kind of becoming right. more of a conversation, I think, in a lot of our schools. So I wanted to kind of check in and see how teachers from our PLC are reviewing the standards previously taught while still, while still teaching new content. Because I feel like when we bring in those reviews, a lot of times what happens is I am then going and reteaching those standards. And I just feel like I am frazzled with time um, in a lot of ways, but I wanted to reach out to you guys and to our um, hashtag bachelor nation. (laughs) Or maybe under-caffeinated nation. Who knows? We are recording on a Monday and Bachelor, the Bachelor episode airs tonight. So it's on my mind, of course. Um, But Bachelor fan nation. (laughs) There you go. Erin is not a part of um, Bachelor Nation. So she she does not know that the fans are called Bachelor Nation. No, that is us. I was like, I am not a bachelor, so I'm not a part of Bachelor Nation. I don't understand this. Oh my goodness, Joelle knows it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Two thirds. So, um, so, what type of review strategies? So, Ashley, what type of review strategies are you doing now? Um, you know, as we get towards those big summative mandated tests. Oh my goodness. Okay. So one of the things that I am, it's just kind of ingrained in how I start my lessons and this probably, well, I I don't, it could be easily adapted for um, brick and mortar classroom, but virtually I have a different way that I start my, my ELA classes and my math classes, my live sessions um, are separate from one another. So when my kids log in, they have like a do now activity or something to do. And I have a separate, um, like do now for math. And, um, I, I do, uh, what do I call it? Hashtag math Mondays or money Mondays is what I call them. And so I do a lot of money review on Mondays and that's just ingrained. It's not necessarily test prep, but 
it's ingrained into what we do. And I will pull whatever grade level I think is important, um, whether it's adding money or it's multiplying money or whatever. Right now we're working on decimals, so money fits in so nicely for that review. And then on Tuesdays I do, it's called hashtag teaser Tuesdays, and I do like (laughs) brain teasers. Um, Wednesdays are would you rather, so they have to compare like two different mathematical equations, which is kind of fun. Um, And those are always great review because you can pull anything in, like fractions, money, um, measurement, like anything can be pulled into those. Or if, if it just needs to be like a team building, I can pull in something fun like that. Um, and then Thursdays, Thursdays, I, I call them hashtag thinking Thursdays and it's this really great resource. I probably should share. It's not necessarily review. Erin, are you laughing at me? No, I'm coughing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to be discreet um, and not coughing to the podcast. No, but my, my hashtag thinking Thursdays, it's, um, this website and I have to find it. I'll have to find it for next time. Um, it has four pictures. And it's called which one doesn't belong. They have to pick which one of the four doesn't belong. And it could be pictures of random things like four different, um, like I'm thinking of a banana probably cause Lucy's eating a banana right now, but, um, but it could be like four different bananas. Um, and they have to pick like which one doesn't belong and there's no wrong answer, but the, the goal is that they're justifying their thinking. Oh, I like that. And so it's super powerful just for reasoning and like providing evidence. So it's a really good ELA connection too. Um, we'll, uh, we'll find that and put it in the show notes. Yes. It's a really, really great resource. It's just, it's, it's these pictures already made and there's four things and it could be, I just started introducing instead of it being pictures. Now there's four different numbers and the kids have to pick out like which number doesn't belong. Nice. Um, and so it's really cool. So not necessarily review per se but review could be integrated with (laughs) how I start my classes absolutely have you seen that Flipgrid has a whole would you rather like topic like global you know like in their um, resource section yeah and so they have a whole bunch of Flipgrid would you rather topics that teachers around the world have made so that would be like a cool extension That is really cool. I'll have to take a look at that. Ooh. All right, Ashley. Thank you. Because, I mean, I know that we used to do, you know, you do bell bell ringers or seat warmers or whatever you want to do to start your day. So, like, that's just a good good opportunity to go through and review. And I love how each day for you is different. So, you're able to build in that creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus, I think it keeps the kids from it, it. like it doesn't become mundane, you know, like, oh, today's, you know, thinking Thursday and, you know, just kind of go, would you rather? And I think it kind of, you know, gives them that structure and that predictable, you know, schedule that they need in terms of like routine and structure. But it also isn't so like, oh, my goodness, like day after day, you know, like right. a Groundhog Day moment in class. You know, it's not exactly what we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but within there, that's why I have to figure out how to bring in my um, my test prep of bringing in some of those. So now I have to come up with a new hashtag. I, I started this hashtag thing with my 
with my live classes because I thought it was the thing that kids were into. I don't know if they're super into hashtags as much as I thought they were, but um, it's just kind of a fun way. And then when we have – now I feel like I'm just talking all about my virtual classroom. So no, I, I love it. It's Because awesome. we can – how can we apply that like in a brick-and-mortar setting, you know? Well, yeah. So when we – when in our classroom, we have our chat box, right? And so the, the goal of the hashtags is that they put – when they're answering that question – in the chat box, they put like hashtag thinking Thursdays in front of their answer. That way when like we are scrolling through or I am scrolling through, it's easily like we can easily spot their answers to kind of look and compare if that makes sense. Ashley, you have your kids doing Twitter chats. <laughs> in like the a, chat box. In the ch- what? I am not on Twitter. So you are, you're just not active. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Um, Ashley, you know what else I thought would be good in a virtual setting, but it is also at this point, like done, not all the time, but it's done often in brick and mortar, um, is putting like putting those skills to songs. Yes. Right. Like I'm listening to Ron Clark's, uh, Joel, you recommended end of molasses classes. And, uh, you know, he talks about how the kids like put all of these things to, to, to music and then he watches them like singing the song in their head while they're doing the skills or taking the tests or whatever. I know Wade King does that. Like does hope, I know she does the transformations. Does she do the songs as much? Um, I mean, she does, but not as much. Um, Wade will, you know, he has an electric guitar and so he teaches with his electric guitar and he, he writes songs, you know, that go with content. In fact, get your teach on is in Houston right now. And there's one session um, all about using music and, you know, for this very thing um, that he teaches, of course it's outstanding. Right. Of course, of course. So, yeah. Um, So Ashley, I just thought that that could be something that you could do even in a virtual setting. Absolutely. Yeah. Bringing in, I, I try to do a little bit of YouTube videos. Um, just to kind of bring in some of that music aspect, but I like the idea of having something that we like learn in class together. That would be good for equivalent fractions. I'm going to have to look and see if anybody has anything already made for equivalent fractions. Reach out to Wade and Ron. See if they can hook you no. up. <laughs> it's perfect. So what do you guys do in your classrooms before we kind of wrap up for today? Um, so certainly, you know, some sample test questions, Kagan's quiz, quiz trade has always been really powerful. Um, you know, something that, you know, is, is super easy. You can go through a lot of content in less than 10 minutes. And then for the writing component, um, our grade level right now is doing a lot of performance tasks for writing. And so doing, um, you know, just giving the kids that opportunity to read multiple sources to, you know, to respond to a prompt and then perform a writing task. That's like our big focus right now as we do that final push towards our, our SBAC test. Right. That writing component is so important as we get into those spring tests. Cause that's a big part of a lot of our testing, right? Absolutely. Huge, super huge. Um, at my school, we have Saturday school, um, so like 
students who um, who want to come and have the opportunity to, to just review some of that stuff. Writing is huge um, for the ELA component. Um, but then we also are trying to encourage the teachers to like, here are some flashcards, which I know, you know, flashcards aren't the best, but like during like a whole group bathroom break, it's like, here's some flashcards. Let's just review some definitions or some multiplication facts or division facts or whatever. <clears throat> um, I've been pushing into classrooms and doing quizzes um, with some classes just for practicing the automaticity of the, um, of the multiplication and division facts, you know, really, I think really when it comes to review strategies, because it's a review, like the, the, the key points to keep in mind are quick and engaging. Like you've already taught this, they've already been exposed to this. How do we just keep it fresh in their, in their brains? Um, and it's, it's just, it quick and engaging. Like you don't want to spend too much time on it. Good. Awesome. I agree with that completely quick and engaging. I like that. That's a good way to wrap up Aaron. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. So uh, just for those of you out in the Twitterverse, we would like to know, um, we shared some of our strategies, but what is in your secret sauce for test prep review? Um, because, you know, while it, while it's not, you know, test prep is not our favorite, it's a necessary thing. So what have you got or what have you found success with that you would like to share with everybody? Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you heard today and want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it. And um, that would also help other educators find us too. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at undercaffeinated, and we would absolutely love to hear from you. So thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.